0: Duke Energy offers these three tips for understanding your bill. The first step to
1: keeping your bill in check is understanding what's on it. Here's what to look for. Check the number of days in your billing cycle. Most bills cover 30 days, but sometimes it varies. Bills that cover more days can be higher. Look at average kilowatt hour use per day. At first glance, your bill may look higher, but if your average use is similar to the same time last year or similar to another month with extreme temperatures, it's a normal bill. If you have a smart meter, check for a daily usage analysis tool online. Smart meters collect info by the hour, so you can check for spikes in energy use to see what appliances and behaviors are increasing your bill. This public service announcement is sponsored by Duke Energy.
2: Duke Energy presents Conversations About Living Young with your host, Marina Kears, Executive Director of Hendricks County Senior Services.
1: Well, good evening and welcome to Conversations About Living Young. My name is Marina Kears. I'm the Executive Director at Hendricks County Senior Services and the host for this show. So appreciate you joining us. We're uh, going to have a little bit of a different conversation today. Um, but before we get started with the program tonight, I want to make a special thank you to Duke Energy. They have been a supporter of this show and uh, so many community uh, programs and radio programs that um, we just want to express our appreciation for their support of this show and the impact that it has had in the lives of seniors and their caregivers. Certainly hope that um, that they see the reward in supporting uh, those populations that we care so much about. Um, So thank you for your support and for listening. Uh, Tonight, I have with me Rick Adkins. He is the chaplain at Life's Journeys Hospice in Avon and also the pastor at New Winchester Christian Church. Rick, thank you for joining me.
0: Thank you, Marina. It's yeah. a joy for me to be here.
1: Well, Rick, I know that you work with seniors in so many ways and, and really family caregivers and mm-hmm. in both kinds of your professional life and, and pastoring a church, but also then a chaplain for hospice. So thank yes. you for what you do for seniors. Thank you. Yeah. It's, a, it's a really a privilege
0: to um, have a, a really great ministry with both seniors In our community And also specialized In the uh, hospice world So
1: Yeah And the Life's Journey Hospice Is there in Avon They have a little bit Of a specialty In that It's an inpatient facility Is that right?
0: Well Life's Journey Hospice is an inpatient unit. However, we do have uh, several
1: patients that we see throughout our community
0: okay. and in other facilities around the state. Okay,
1: well, wonderful. Well, thank you for what you do helping people at uh, their at the end of life. Well, um, tonight, one of the things that I think our listeners would enjoy hearing about is one of the uh, a great resource that is out in our community. It's called uh, it's a book called "Keeping Love Alive as Memories Fade: The Five Love Languages and the." Alzheimer's journey. And many people are very familiar with Gary Chapman in in his work with the five love languages. And uh, my agency has really appreciated this book. And I know that you have read it as well Mm -hmm. um, because of the support and encouragement that it gives to caregivers and those that are walking through this journey of Alzheimer's disease. Um, So the five love languages has been around a long time. Uh, In fact, when I got married many years ago, the hospital sent my husband and I a copy mm. of the five love languages um, as a as a congratulations gift, uh, which I thought was really uh, yes. neat um, of them to do. So let's start there. Mm-hmm. Broadly, what are the five love languages? What does that mean? And then we'll get into the specifics that this book okay. is kind of sure. teaching us.
0: Very good. Well, Dr. Gary Chapman published this first book, The Five Love Languages, back in 1992, Mm -hmm. and since then there have been some six million copies that have been sold, and you were very fortunate. Someone Mm -hmm. put that in your hand very early Mm -hmm. on. I think that through the years it's been a great help to a lot of people. I think it's saved a lot of marriages. Mm -hmm. I think it's uh, reestablished a lot of relationships, and now as we see 2019, it has been uh, redirected. And, and sort of modified to help in a lot of different areas. And, and now as we're talking about keeping love alive as memories fade, we're seeing it and the application of it now in our, in our medical world and to our caregivers, mm-hmm. which is an absolute wonderful thing. Talking about those original five love languages, and, and they are as follows. First of all, words of affirmation. Just simply speaking words of appreciation, telling someone what a great job they've done, complimenting them somehow, kind of giving them a verbal pat on the back. Mm-hmm. And then uh, including what are included in that also would be quality time. Just giving someone your undivided mm-hmm. attention. Just simply focusing on listening to what they have to say and, and letting them know that at that moment in time, they mean absolutely everything in the world to you. And then the third would be giving of gifts. Um, something tangible. Something that simply says, I care mm-hmm. about you. Um, and and more than the gift itself, the thoughtfulness behind the gift. Mm-hmm. The fact that I took time to give you or you gave took time to give to someone else uh, this little gift. And then acts of service. Mm-hmm. Doing something helpful and meaningful for someone else. Mm-hmm. Something that... I put a lot of thought into, something that, that I want you to know comes from my heart.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And then just physical touch, mm-hmm. giving them your full attention, uh, meaning everything from uh, a handshake, a hug, a pat on the back, mm-hmm. a high five, a fist bump, or mm-hmm. whatever it may be in today's world. Just letting someone know, I care about you, and mm-hmm. I'm reaching out to you physically.
1: Mm-hmm. And I those five love languages, there are uh, assessments online. If somebody were to just Google it, you can take a take a quiz uh, yes. to to find out what is your primary love language yes. is, and that's what Gary Chapman often talks about: is mm-hmm. knowing what yours are, and then knowing what those are of the people that you care about—your spouse, your children, or in this case, the person that you may be caregiving for. Um, yes. And so you know, we all have a different way of demonstrating love, and the way that we like to be affirmed in love may not be the same way that our loved ones like to be affirmed.
0: Exactly. And I think many times, first of all, we usually speak the love language that we want to receive. Mm
1: -hmm. That makes sense. And
0: sometimes uh, it's a bit of a stretch for us because we do need to learn. Mm -hmm. What is the love language of those closest to us. Mm-hmm. And as you said a moment ago, the love language of our spouse or our children, mm-hmm. even those in our workplace, and in this case, uh, those that we're giving care to may be quite different. Mm-hmm. And so it's a bit of a stretch, but it's very rewarding to learn their love language and to speak to them in that language so they can know in no uncertain terms that we're extending our love to them.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we often hear from families about uh, the loneliness of Alzheimer's disease. And we know that Alzheimer's disease is a family disease. So that diagnosis is given to one person, but it is felt by so many, and, and so mm-hmm. many are impacted, um, that wouldn't it be a wonderful situation if families could embrace this idea and all learn to speak that to each other, whether they're the yes. caregivers or the person with the diagnosis. Oh,
0: absolutely. Mm-hmm. So as a matter of fact, you know, and in in Dr. Chapman's book on Keeping Love Alive, he talks about the simple fact that when everything else seems to be fading away, mm-hmm. as, the, as the title represents, that love still is able to move us. Mm-hmm. And the ability to receive love remains even when the ability to express that love mm-hmm. seems to be diminishing. Mm-hmm. And, and that is so very important for us as caregivers, as as uh, close family members, to understand that um, we are still able to reach out and Maybe on a somewhat of a smaller or different scale, that person still needs vitally to know that they are being loved, and we need to uh, do all that we can to let them know that we still value them a great
1: deal. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Your comment just made me think of a quote that I... uh, liked that was in the book, and I'll, I'll go ahead and read it now. It says, um, though there are forces that are unraveling the tapestry, you don't have to lose that person. You can maintain a truly meaningful relationship with your wife or husband, mom or dad, but it's going to be different. You're going to have to find meaning in different ways. Yes. And I think that is really the message of this book in particular, but um, Absolutely. so much of what we all all try to do for those that we care about yes, is how to find that meaning in a different way. Absolutely. Mm-hmm.
0: And I think if we if we understand going into this journey that has to do with Alzheimer's, then we're going to understand very clearly that things will change. And that's a key word. Mm-hmm. As the disease progresses from the onset through a middle stage and into a, a severe uh, case of Alzheimer's, there are going to be changes every single day. And we have to be willing to make those changes, mm-hmm. so that we keep that love alive, mm-hmm. and so that that person will stay connected to us and we to them as long as we possibly can. Mm-hmm. I think one of the problems that we see with so many dementia patients, um, and even with, and this of course it carries over to the elderly as well, and that is the the sense of loneliness yeah. that they feel. Um, in in Doctor Chapman's book here, he talks about how that people that are are not being connected through love seem to diminish. Uh, They even mentioned they give the percentage of 20% faster
1: Mm. than
0: people that are not, uh, uh, you know, those people that are being connected to. Mm -hmm. When they know that we're doing what we can to stay connected to them, keeping that love alive, um, making the changes, the modifications mm-hmm. in our relationship as we can and should, mm-hmm. it makes a great deal of yeah. difference.
1: Well, it, it gives them a purpose, too, then, and a feeling. Absolutely. And everyone needs some purpose um, in order to continue going forward. We're sort of built yeah. that way.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Being isolated is one of the absolute cruelest things, mm-hmm. I suppose, we might even say to do to someone. Yeah. And in this case, their own body is... Turning against them, sort of speak, and they're mm-hmm. becoming isolated in their own world. Mm-hmm. So we shouldn't do anything to to precipitate mm-hmm.
1: that. Yeah, and you're you're exactly right. Mm-hmm. I often say that um, when I'm speaking in public that solitary confinement is the worst mm-hmm. punishment that we've ever considered giving uh, to a person who commits a terrible crime, and Absolutely. yet so many people that we. Um, Would love in our community are very much alone and, yes. and living in a in a really isolated way. So yes. um, that that is also a challenge for all of us to reach out to our neighbors and those other people that, um, especially going into the winter, um, that people are living alone, but they may need some help and they may just feel really encouraged by knowing you care enough yes. to drop by to say hello or send Absolutely. a note. So
0: and there's there seems to be a you know a real difference between being alone and being lonely. Yeah. And I think that um, of that phone call, mm-hmm. that uh, stopping by knocking on our door or simply stopping someone as we pass them on the, on the, the, in the aisle mm-hmm. at the store to just take a moment, mm-hmm. you know, we can convey even, I think we can convey our love language mm-hmm. even in that short period of time. Doesn't, mm-hmm. doesn't mean it has to be a lengthy process, Right. but that can make or break somebody's mm-hmm. day.
1: Yeah. I think yeah. that's a good encouragement for all of us. Um, So specifically, when someone has the diagnosis of Alzheimer's and their family's trying to process through that, even uh, one of the chapters in the book says Alzheimer's disease puts love to the test. Mm -hmm. And it it, there are some real challenges mm-hmm. um, with Alzheimer's disease, and especially in the book, it, it talks a lot about um, the challenges that can happen with um, spousal relationships. Yes, um, and and we see that at senior services regularly, and we mm-hmm. uh, work hard to try to help individuals through those situations. Mm-hmm. But. Um, there are, there's a list, uh, even in the book of seven threats to the emotional glue. And some of these things are the things that we've all seen and experienced with our own loved ones that maybe have dementia or Alzheimer's, um, and how you can work through that. Mm-hmm. And so, um, I just want to talk a little bit about these challenges, um, there is, um, you know, one is the delusion of infidelity, and we hear about this from our caregivers all the time, that uh, their their loved one believes that something dishonest is happening, mm-hmm. that there is a, an unfaithfulness in the marriage, and um, that is... It's so stressful, mm-hmm. um, and there may not be anything that we can do to convince the individual with Alzheimer's. But it is an opportunity to speak in and care for the for the caregiver. And so, if you yes. want to talk a little bit about <clears throat> sure. um, how to support caregivers through those really challenging uh, situations.
0: Yes, one one of the comments that that Dr. Chapman made that really resonated with me is when he said, "Love can become a moving target." Mm. And I think we're so accustomed to our rituals, our routines. We come home from work, we sit down, we sort of go over the day. We, you know, how was your day? How was my day? We mm-hmm. talk and so on and so forth. And, and we we come, become very routine. And there's nothing at all routine about being a caregiver mm-hmm. for someone with Alzheimer's, mm-hmm. because that routine, if there is a routine, it's the word change. Mm-hmm. There's there's the only consistency about it is that it's inconsistent, mm-hmm. and so. If we purpose in our heart to understand going into it, eyes wide open, to know that the things that we take for granted or the things that we assume mm-hmm. may not be in their mind at all, what is, and, and it truly is their reality yeah. for that moment in time, and then also understand that may change. Mm-hmm. It may not be the same later this evening. It may be different tomorrow. Mm-hmm. But our love for them has to continue to be consistent mm-hmm. and then to try to find some way to express that. You know, mm-hmm. when we get married, you know, someone will make the comment, well, love was a 50-50 proposition. Well, all of a sudden when you're a caregiver, it's no longer 50-50. Right. It can become 75-25 or Ninety, ten, or even beyond, mm-hmm. and uh, sad as it may be, there's still at opportunity to promote that love, mm-hmm. and it's something that's vital.
1: Yeah, and our caregivers, I don't, I cannot think of one who has not looking out uh, after the caregiving time has has passed, and mm-hmm. they've they're grieving their loved one, that they've not said that they would change anything, they. Appreciated the opportunity to care for their loved one, even though it was really hard. Whether that was a mother or a father or a spouse, that um, just. all of the challenges they're glad that they could show that person that they did love them and yes. demonstrate that love with sure. their caregiving and so um I hope that is an encouragement to anyone listening that's mm-hmm. a caregiver that um you, you won't I don't believe you'll regret uh taking no. that effort and then demonstrating that love um no. o- time over time that's right so um yes. mistaken identity is another that similar uh challenge where that that routine is obviously very much disrupted mm-hmm. um He references in the book several times another resource called The 36-Hour Day, which we have copies of at the Senior Center and and recommend it highly, but it talks about um, it is uh, the odd behavior and how the brain is failing to do its own job of of sorting things out, and so you know, your loved one might engage in some really odd behavior, mm-hmm. um, but that may be an opportunity um, once again to kindly and gently um, demonstrate love. and And we had one caregiver I remember who. Um, to say his wife's behavior was odd would be sort of an understatement but he learned to laugh with her through it because she was doing things that to her um, in the moment seemed normal but he knew that she would never in a million years do that uh, if yes. it weren't for the disease and so yes. um, when when she could find humor in it he found it with her and yes. even though it, it may have meant more work for him he he tried his best yes so. and,
0: and one of the important things you just said is he found it with her rather mm-hmm. than toward her yeah because i think if they if they hear or see that we're laughing,
1: mm-hmm. at
0: least if they perceive we're laughing at them, mm-hmm. it's going to drive that wedge deeper yeah. or drive them further away into yeah. themselves or into their the world of Alzheimer's.
1: Yeah, cuts yeah. off that
0: communication.
1: Yeah, but he, if, yeah. if she was enjoying this, then he was going to enjoy it with her and he was going to enter into that moment with Absolutely.
0: her. Absolutely, and that's that's kind of one of the key things that I think Dr. Chapman brings out a bit later in the book when he talks about that um, that quality time Mm-hmm. It's enjoying the moment, mm-hmm. making the very most of the moment that that we have together, because we know it may fade, or in a few minutes or a few hours, it may be completely different. Yeah, take advantage of that time, and 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 look upon it as quality, mm-hmm. as really a gift from God. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, we've had a, I remember a caregiver one time, her her mother. Um, spent a lot of time talking about the past. And she just said, you know what, I learned so much yeah. um, about our family and things that she probably would yeah. have not told me if it weren't for that. And so even though it was hard that maybe mom didn't recognize her as her daughter anymore, that quality time, that time they spent together brought her mom a lot of peace. Mm-hmm. And she just took it as an opportunity to learn about the family. She asked a lot of questions and, and really saw that as a, a way to learn something in oh, the midst yes. of... Um, uh, of, of, instead of grieving in that moment about not being recognized, but just saying, okay, well, if yes. she if she thinks it's the 40s, then I'm going to go there with her.
0: Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And I found in my own experience, the most natural thing is that we want to correct.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Don't well, well, don't you remember or know yeah. you have that wrong? And if you can finally get to that place where you're not so concerned about trying to correct them, but you're living in the moment, mm-hmm. and like you said, if they want to talk about a particular subject, mm-hmm. That's yeah. all we're going to talk about. Yeah. If they want to go a direction, that's the way we're going to go.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And you, you you really take yourself out of a quote-unquote leadership role mm-hmm. and you follow. Mm-hmm. Follow the direction they're going
2: mm-hmm.
0: and enjoy it. Mm-hmm. And and because it is it's a it's a fleeting moment mm-hmm. and you, then we're going to be able to look back in our own mind and be thankful for that time. Mm-hmm. And many times just like you said a moment ago, they're going to share things with us that we didn't even know. The mm-hmm. short-term memory may be gone, mm-hmm. but that long-term is something that can be very impressive. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, yeah, it is amazing. Um, it certainly is. So our caregivers, um, we all know caregivers in our, our lives, and you certainly encounter them at your mm-hmm. your work as well as mine. Um they have a, a special burden. And we, whether they're our neighbor or our own spouse that's a caregiver or um, someone else that we're close with, co worker, um, they really do have a special burden. And so um, I also think that this is appropriate to encourage caring for the caregiver in mm-hmm. ways that are meaningful to them. So, um, you know, you can think about those love languages in terms of what could you do for someone who's providing care? Maybe yes. that gift of time is sitting with their loved one. So absolutely. they can take a break, or an act of service, maybe preparing a meal, um, yes. making sure they you give them a hug if it, when you see them. So it, it, yes. when we know those things about our friends and our our family um, that they're the they're the kind that needs a hug, and it, maybe we're not the kind that likes to give a hug, but we can do it for them. Yeah. Um, absolutely. So it benefits yeah. both of us really. Yeah, yeah, yeah it
0: really does. So yeah, I think that um, so many times people that are caregivers those that are closest to a patient or to those with alzheimers have purposed in their heart i'm not going to i'm not going to call on anyone else mm-hmm. i'm not going to let somebody else step in maybe they even promised yeah mom or dad or grandma whoever i'm not going to i'm not going to step away mm-hmm. i'm going to be right here i'm going to and all of a sudden and i see this a, a lot in hospice work the caregivers become so absolutely frazzled and worn out that they've stopped uh, fulfilling their role mm-hmm. as next of kin or uh, a family member, they've, that, that's gone away because they're so concerned or so obsessed with the caregiving part, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden, they're absolutely worn out. Mm-hmm. It's one of the things that I try to encourage people in hospice is to consider a sort of a respite stay yeah. for a patient, where you can come alongside, sit beside them, and be a child, or be a, mm-hmm. a spouse, or be a loved one, and just enjoy that moment that mm-hmm. we've been talking about. So mm-hmm. those caregivers need us to come alongside them as well, yeah. because they're they're giving, they're giving, they're giving, and unless we can replenish. They're gonna give. They're gonna give out yeah. one of these days,
1: right? We always tell uh, and Deanne and on our team is so good at reminding our caregivers of the uh, oxygen mask mm-hmm. example that is well used, but but it's because it's so it's such a good example that it, on an airplane you either you're told you put the oxygen right. mask on yourself first before yes. you help the small child or the individual with you that needs help because. And, and we see it uh, time and time again that, that, in fact, caregivers may pass before the care recipient um, because of the stress and the burden of caregiving. And so we want to take care of our caregivers yes. as, a, as an important player in this so that they can continue That's caregiving right. as they've, they've desired right. to do. So, yes. um, But that, I think, is a good reminder that um, for employers, for all of us, to be supportive of caregivers because there are so many... Um, emotions that are felt and and they really can use that break but also just to know that they're not alone
0: yes and Mm -hmm. i think to encourage them that it's not a bad thing to do that right because i think so many of them have an immediate sense of guilt Mm -hmm. i'm 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 abandoning mom or Mm -hmm. i'm you know what if what if she needs me during that time and i think to help them understand that in order for us to be at our best we really need to take care of ourselves as well during that time
1: yeah because yeah.
0: it's not getting better; it's only going to get worse. Right, and they'll require more of our time.
1: Right, and unfortunately, that is uh, that's the reality of Alzheimer's. Yes, it's, it is. It is not a, It is not something that can improve. There are some no. medications that may be able to help for a, a time, but uh, in the end, we know we know yes. how it will end.
0: Well, we're living in, in here in the United States. You know, it's estimated now there are some five point eight, almost six million Americans that are living with dementia, mm-hmm. and uh, one in three seniors will end up dying with dementia, mm-hmm. which is more than, from what I understand, it's more than breast cancer or prostate cancer combined. Mm-hmm. So
1: mm-hmm. it's
0: something that I think all of us need to keep our eyes wide open to. Yeah,
1: and to understand, uh, because I I know they say that it's now the number one fear disease as well. So absolutely. So people used to fear getting cancer, and now people are saying, give me the cancer, I, you know, yes. <laughs> I'd rather not well, have, have the Alzheimer's. Yes. If I had I was, my choice. <laughs>
0: I was just reading a, a statistic that talked about from the years 2000 to 2017 that death uh, with heart disease is actually down mm-hmm. like 9%. Wow, that's whereas good. death from Alzheimer's is now up like 145%. Wow. So it's it's very much a reality.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 It yeah. is. It's so um, one of the other um, Mentions in this book that I really like because we have seen how it can be a help to our clients. Is uh, he talks a little bit about um, music, and I love that because uh, Rick, I know that you have musicians in your family. Mm-hmm. Um, but we've we've had a group actually come out to the senior center recently and talk to us. And there's a there's a great documentary that's available online if you googled uh, music and d- uh, dementia. But um, what what the research is. showing showing is that music has a really unique way of lighting up the brain, so to speak. And and, um, that the kind of music that you play can impact mood and behavior. Mm -hmm. And so um, we have seen this with some of our our clients as well, that um, maybe they struggle to sleep, but some calming classical music can get them settled down. Maybe they struggle to get going, and so you play Mm -hmm. something more rousing that they enjoy. We have... One client who loves polka music, and Mm -hmm. thankfully, her 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 caregiver loves polka music as well. (laughs) Yeah, Um, and so (laughs) that's another way that can be a really um, nice. Addition to that, um, mm-hmm. you know, it, he talks about facilitating love through music. Um, yes. That it's the quality time. It can be shown as an act of service. There's so many things that music can touch, and so that's an, a, a really a free way to to promote and encourage absolutely. That. Mm-hmm. And that
0: music seems to really touch the the core mm-hmm. of people, where perhaps even words or spoken conversation mm-hmm. is not. But that music will draw them perhaps back to a place or Mm -hmm. take them back to a place, and and they do respond to Mm -hmm. that. Um, I I was just, in in reading Dr. Chapman's book, someone said Mm -hmm. or made the comment something to the effect of loving the Alzheimer's patient is like dancing Mm -hmm. with them. You learn to let them lead. Mm -hmm. And if the music is speaking to their heart and it draws them out for that period of time, then enjoy that with them let them lead you follow
1: and it will it's been shown to inspire memories and take people you know Mm -hmm. to to all different times in their lives so it's really an amazing um, thing I would encourage caregivers to try try to see how their loved one's favorite music can impact um, their relationship with them
0: crank it up yeah (laughs) that's right
1: that's right well in the moments that we have left Rick is there anything that you would like to add as an encouragement to our our caregivers that are out there
0: well, I, I would just say this in, in closing. You know, the, the the five love languages that we use to speak with one another are five love languages that can be a help to caregivers. It can help them in giving care mm-hmm. to those that they are ministering to. And and by thinking about what we're saying, the focus of, of the now and mm-hmm. the we and, and trying to uh, talk about those positive things, and I think it's amazing how it will prompt them to either go back to that time or for that moment in time to respond. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're after mm-hmm. because as as those memories, as the as the mind fades, we're going to look back, and we want to do so without regret mm-hmm. to know that we've tried to do all we can in providing that compassionate mm-hmm. care that will go so far. Yeah. we have we have to go on living. yeah and and how we've handled the situation will determine our attitude towards our own selves, I think.
1: Yeah, I think you're right. I think that uh, yeah. uh, that's what every caregiver wants is to look back and realize they've done w- what they could do, absolutely. And that um, that, that in the end, that the, their loved one knew their love for them. Yes. And so yes. Um, Yeah. So once again, the book is called "Keeping Love Alive as Memories Fade: The Five Love Languages and the Alzheimer's Journey." We do have a few copies at Senior Services that we can loan out. You might check your library, um, and certainly on Amazon it's available. But it is. A good resource for um, many of us who have loved ones with Alzheimer's or other dementia. Yes, so, absolutely, Rick. Thank you for joining me. I appreciate your time and uh, your uh, your insight into this book. It's always good to hear uh, another perspective on a resource, and so appreciate that. Thank you, yeah. my joy. Well, thank you for listening to conversations about living young. Uh, once again, this is Marina Kears and I look forward to our conversation some other time. Thank you.
2: This has been Conversations About Living Young with your host, Marina Kears, Executive Director of Hendricks County Senior Services. This program has been presented by Duke Energy. Duke Energy offers these tips for understanding your bill. Check the number of days in your billing cycle. Most bills are for 30 days, but there are times when the billing cycle is shorter or longer. If there are more days in the bill, it could be higher. Look at average kilowatt-hour uses per day. At first glance, your bill may look higher, but if your average use is similar to the same time last year or in a month with similar extreme temperatures, it's a normal bill. Residential customer service specialists are available Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. by calling 1-800-521-2232.